trying to make y'all comfortable. Welcome back to the Inside Feed. Hi. On today's episode, we are talking with our first ever guest of the Inside Feed, and now the host of Unbuckled Chinstrap, Jules Henningberg. Plus, we're going to get him to spill the tea. Mm-hmm. We have a new segment. A new segment called Spill the Tea. Fun, fun, fun. You'll find out about it much, much later. Yes. Let's get into our big stories before we get into our interview with Jules. Mm-hmm. We are officially in the holiday mode. Yes. Black Ooh. Friday sales have begun. If you guys are looking for presents for your family, friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, we have a dog bunch of stuff. Dog. Excellent point. <laughs> Ton of sales going on right now. We have retro tees, Adidas team tees, hats, premium collection, staple pigeon collab, holiday designs, shorts, everything. It's absurd. Onesies. Yeah. Baby alert. We're about to have so many sales. So I just ordered I just ordered something, but it was part of a sale. I don't remember which sale it was, but I got the staple pigeon hoodie. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. I love it. I've had my eye on it for a while and I was like, screw it, I'm doing it. I just got the Method Man collab <sighs> hoodie. So I'm waiting for that. And then I have my eye on the washed hoodies. I have my eye on the book. We tried the washed hoodies on and can confirm that they're comfy. They're so comfy. Very comfy. So uh, if you're looking for some presents, which I'm sure you are, shop.premierlacrosseleague.com mm-hmm. is your place to go. We also dropped another video, YouTube video this week that's really cool. It's called Roots. It's mm-hmm. about the history of lacrosse. Brett Roberts yes. has been working. Shout out B-Rob. Yeah, shout out B-Rob. Has been working months on this, mm-hmm. scripting it, putting it together. It's basically an incredible storytelling behind the history and background of the sport of lacrosse. Mm-hmm. There's narration from Jeremy Thompson, Kyle Harrison, Rachel, De- Rachel DeCecco, Trevor Baptiste, and many more. I watched it and it like almost made me want to cry. Yeah. It was so nice. I've only watched a little segment of it. Um, but I watched the, seg- the segment I watched. I loved it was when Kyle was talking about his dad. Yes. That part. I was like, Oh, yeah. And then like the, like, evolution of like his dad and like being a part of this lacrosse team and then fast forward to kyle Mm -hmm. like having this crazy successful like you know career and so that's the one part i watched and i was like oh it's really good it's releasing sometime this week if not already out at this point yep um so go check it out on youtube it's really good highly recommend um okay let's get into our interview with jules yes we so a little background in case you didn't know jules missed out on playing during the championship series because he had gotten corona earlier in the year mm-hmm. and had some um lingering effects from it that yes. he wasn't aware of and thankfully our diligent Doctors. medical staff dr logan dr logan and team mm-hmm. were able to sort of figure it out before he got on the field and started playing so he missed out on the championship series mm-hmm. um so we talked to him about that we talked to him about now being a fellow podcaster yes and a much more so it's a really good interview um jules is always a great interview oh he's great he can he i mean <laughs> he's like our dear friend he's our friend yeah so so here's our interview with jules Please welcome to the show Attackman for the Redwoods Lacrosse Club, the first ever guest on the inside feed and host of Unbuckled Chinstrap, your friend and mine, Jules Henningberg. Hi, Jules. Hey, Lisa. How you doing? 
I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm, I'm happy to be back. What it's am been, I? It's been a year now. Yeah. What is Emma? What, what, what am I? Top liver? liver? <laughs> no, no. You didn't introduce me, so I had to give uh, give some love to Lisa. Oh. Also, I, I haven't talked to Lisa in a while. That's true. That's true. You talked Emma on the reg. Me and Jules talk all the time. Let's talk about. Well, we're gonna start from like six months ago, yeah. which sort of ties into you guys talking on the reg. Yeah, we talk a lot. Yeah, because. Emma was one of the first people, at least I think, Mm -hmm. that you called when we were in Utah, the championship series, when you found out that you weren't going to be able to play. Mm -hmm. Um, Take us through, like, that moment and the emotions and, like, everything leading up to that. You're you're starting off with a bang, though, Lisa. All right, here we go. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, Emma, I think think you probably were one of the first people to communicate with after. So I, I talked to you. Dr. Logan, mm-hmm. and then Dr. Logan went to a meeting with Mike Rabel and then Coach Nat. So they're on Zoom because they're, we had a social distance. And then Dr. Logan was with me. I should have been with me like the whole time. And then that was a that was like a hard conversation just because Coach Nat, like he, you know, he wanted me to play, but at the same time he was really concerned about everything because he's had you know, some difficulties with um, some hard things in the past. So he, he kind of you know, was putting, he was putting my health above everything, which obviously you want that out of a coach. Um, but that was like hard because he was, you know, he was more in like dad mode. So that was, that was emotional. And then Mike, you know, the things leading up to the championship series, we were having a lot of conversations back and forth. So he was really excited for me to, you know, get there and play and, you know, represent something bigger than myself. That was, that was hard. And then Dr. Logan was, you know, just feeling for me just because, you know, she's dealt with, know some some health setbacks too so there's a lot of motion behind with all three of them and then from there um you know personally i just felt really bad about it all because um you know i i, I didn't want to like let our team down in terms of you know, being a teammate on the field and like knowing what i could you know as what i could bring to the team in terms of the value that i bring on the field um and that was like kind of the biggest thing is like i, I don't want to have us not win games um or, or possibly lose games because i'm not playing um, and then that was hard for me just because I had been working so hard and trying to put myself in the, in the best position possible to help the team win. So that was hard. And then I got over, I got over the, you know, the fact that my health was the most important thing. And then had to get over the fact that, you know, I, I wasn't letting our team down. And then from there, um, you know, I, I had to talk to our team in general, which was also really hard because I was emotional. Yeah. And then I, uh, it was kind of just lingering a little bit, and then finally, finally hit it out of there. So overall, it was, it was definitely hard, but it was you know a great experience for me to to learn and grow for myself, um, and, and you know kind of just be there to support from the outside. So that's kind of how it went. Uh, yeah. How it went down. I remember we found out and it got confirmed, and you had to do a bunch of tests just to kind of like understand where we where you were in that process of you know taking care of yourself. And it kind of came to the resolution that you weren't going to be playing. And you were like, okay, I need to address the team. And I remember I was there at the practice with you and you, I, we hadn't seen each other in forever. And so I was like, oh my God, how are you? Like, it's everything okay. And I was like, well, what are you going to say? Cause we knew you were going to say something, but no one knew what you were going to say. And I was like, do you have something prepped? Like, are you like, 
what are you going to say? And you were like, no, no, I, I, I have nothing. I'm just going to speak from the heart. And all of us were like, oh my God, this is going to last like two seconds. I don't, what is this going to happen? But you ended up saying such, like everything right. Yeah. Were you like nervous going in? Like, did you, did you lie to me? Did you actually have this whole thing prepped? Like, what was your mind going into that last huddle before you were leaving? So I remember that conversation. It's so funny because he's like giggling next to me, like messing around during practice, and it's like kind of lighthearted. And then it like took a huge turn and got really emotional. Yeah. But when we were, uh, like, you know, I got into practice. I think that was the first and only practice I went to. So you know, just going through and, and trying to, you know, I guess help in any way I could for the short time I was there. And um, you know, I I love being on the sideline and, and coaching and stuff. So it was. It was cool to kind of see the guys, but then I knew deep down when I would talk to them that it would get emotional from my end just because of everything that we've been through kind of leading up to the championship series, like everything that was going on in the country and, you know, internally in our team. And then, you know, as a player, I felt like it was important for me to take another step in like a leadership role on, you know, on the offensive side. Mm-hmm. I got traded and, and then Coach Knapp just had a lot of expectations for me. Um, to be more of a ball carrier and more of like a quarterback type player. And inherently that comes with, you know, just a lot of responsibility on the offense. Like you have to make the right decisions and you have to be in the right spot in the right time and, and always bring a lot of high level competition. And kind of the next step in that is, is how do you, you know, be more of a vocal leader and be someone that people can always rely on it on the team. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just the progression of being an offensive quarterback. And so I, I knew that, like, I had to kind of take that step and it being like my third year pro or, or whatever. And I thought I really worked on that in the off season. And one of those things is, is like how you communicate to your team and how you communicate to people as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of, you know, like, again, getting traded, I'm a little bit more quiet and a little bit more hesitant. This year I was like, I need to be more vocal and, you know, have, have more authority and a presence. So I thought that was a good opportunity for me to, um, I don't know, I guess just to showcase that to the guys that like, yeah. You know, I really was working to, to be a better version of myself this season for everyone. Um, and kind of just like what that meant for me um, to the team and, you know, what the opportunity that they had to, to kind of go out there and prove, you know, who the Redwoods were and, and, you know, how much last season meant to us and how much growing in the offseason meant to us. So I try to co- convey all of that um, to the best of my ability. And obviously I knew it would get emotional because, like, I care so much. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, that when I – when that happens, like, you know, you, you well up a little bit. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I just tried to be, you know, be authentic and, and have some some conviction in what I was saying and, and let the guys know that I cared about them and that they really did have an amazing opportunity and to never take that for granted and, and play for something you know, greater than themselves, which I think that was a huge theme of, you know, kind of that tournament as a whole, just being able to, to play with COVID. Um, and a lot of players out there could never play and got their season taken away and then, everything else that was going on in the country. Yeah. It's no secret you're a competitor. So this happens, you're sent home, and then you're watching all of this from home. Mm-hmm. Was there a game where, like, what was the system? Would you text the group after, like, this is what I saw, like, you know, blah, blah, blah? Or was it, was there a game that stands out where you were like, oh, my gosh, I wish I was in this game so yeah. I could have helped out? Was there things that stood out to you? What was that experience you watching from a different perspective? That, honestly, it was like really hard in the beginning because I I was almost pretending like I was there and then trying to, you know, I guess watch as a, as a, 
player, but I wasn't a player. I was a spectator. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm playing in a game and I'm, I'm there and you're, you know, you're exerting yourself on the field and you're, you know, you're scoring goals and you're making mistakes and you're riding and you're, you have a chance to get the ball back and there's so much going on, you know, that you're, that is allowing you to express yourself on the field mm-hmm. where in my mindset, I was a player, but I wasn't able to express myself. So then I was getting really emotional, um, like more emotional than I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to take a step back a little bit and, and reframe, I guess, my mindset um, as a whole with that. And, you know, kind of about being more of a spectator or a fan per se that was looking at it from an objective perspective. Yeah. Um, because you know, a lot of the time, like not a lot of the time, but a lot of, early on, people, you know, were messaging me and, and saying things to me that, you know, you can say whatever you want. Like I, I, it's not, it doesn't really impact me that much, but when, when someone's saying, Oh, like you should be out there, like, Oh, they really need your help or oh, this or that. It's like, I know, you know the value I bring um, as a player and more so than anything else. It's just like being in the right spots for my teammates and, you know, helping if someone is a lefty, like I could be a righty or, if, you know, someone forgets to do their job. I can always fill spots. Mm-hmm. And that kind of like cohesion I could see was missing on the field a little bit. Yeah. So then I felt that like, again, I started to like feel bad and like in my head, I'm thinking, okay, how can I communicate that to them from home? Um, and then, you know, I looked at it from the perspective of who's taking more of that, that role on, which is like Garnsey and kind of being behind the cage more and trying to be the distributor and like the calming presence. So I was trying to work with him uh, because I knew there was a lot of pressure on his shoulders. Like when I was gone, um, you know, a lot of the times I think a hidden thing with, with uh, someone like myself is that, like I occupy one of the better defensemen and that will like allow the other guys, you know, to have less pressure because they might have the number two or number three on them. And then I know that for him, he was having the number one defenseman guarding him. And then, you know, maybe had more of an off ball guy on offense with Clarky or whoever was filling in. So then he, I know he's feeling the brunt of it on offense and having to you know, press a little bit more because we need more goals in the attack or, mm-hmm. you know, feel like he has to make the plays and stuff. So, I look to more for him and, and try to communicate with him more directly. And then about, you know, things that I was seeing and how to help him and alleviate some pressure mentally. And then pushing that, you know, I tried to, you know, be respectful of him, you know, with, with the team and the wins and losses, but just let him know that I was, I was thinking about him. Um, and that, you know, when we first finally won that game, I called him and I was like so excited because, yeah. you know, we were, we were looking for that first win. So um, that's kind of a long winded way of saying, I spoke to, to Garnsey and, and Coach Nat the most of anyone um, and tried to just be respectful of, of the team and, you know, knowing that it was hard um, and just hard in general playing in the championship series with uh, all the circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we get to look towards 2021 season. Mm-hmm. What are your goals for 2021? So my, my goals, I think, are, uh, you know, always to just try to be the, the best version, version of myself and, and try to work towards that in the offseason. I think – over my career, I've been a player that's gotten better every year. Like I, I never really stayed stagnant. Um, just looking back, even from when I, when I first kind of started to take lacrosse more seriously from eighth grade, I, I feel like I've you know into college, um, my freshman, my senior year, and now from even from my rookie year in the pros to now, I've gotten better every single season, and and that's something I take a lot of pride in because I feel like the better that I get, the better that our team can get um, because of you know the the things that I'm able to do on the field to help elevate uh, our teammates and, and, and myself um, to certain things. 
And uh, that's something for this offseason that's really no different. But I think there's, you know, extra, I guess, extra motivation to a certain degree because I missed this last season. So there's a lot, I guess, a lot more in terms of, you know, looking at it from, hey, like, I had, I missed the opportunity to play. And that, like, that why and being able to, to just play the game, um, it, put, it puts you into pers- perspective a bit um, when it gets taken away from you. So, yeah. you know, my training and mindset for this offseason, I guess, is there's just a little bit more up to it. And, um, you know, I think just as a whole, I had to take a little bit of a step back for my career and, and reevaluate why I was playing all together um, after last season or two seasons ago. Um, and, you know, now I feel like there's a little less um, less pressure on me as a whole on um, myself that I was kind of putting on myself for a long time. So yeah. to kind of have that off my shoulders and then know that I you know, have a full off season and, you know, the, the chance to really come back and, and make a big impact is, is just exciting for me. You're already training. Mm-hmm. We've seen videos of you from, you know, right after Champ Series, but we've also seen content of you training with Miles. Would you say you're fully back or are you like, what, how are you feeling? So it's, it's like a little weird. Uh, I, I kind of, I've kind of been progressing since the championship series mm-hmm. from where I was at and where they evaluated me there. So I had to keep working on building my, my lung capacity back up, which is the biggest thing. Yeah. So I've been, you know, kind of training, but not the, not the off season training that I usually do. Yeah. And I'm kind of finally now able to, you know, just go to the field and just run through things without thinking about it because my oxygen saturation levels aren't dropping um, rapidly at all. So it's it's definitely, you know, a, a little, you know, it's alleviating um, like that, that thought in your back of your mind, like, oh, I can't just like go as hard as I want because something might happen. Um, and then, you know, for me now, I know as far as getting cleared from, from Chelsea and, um, and Dr. Logan and Evolution, I'm, I'm pretty good on that front. And now I have to, uh, you know, just go to the cardiologist and, and really get a full clearance from them, um, I think, to be able to probably suit up for the team. Mm-hmm. So that's something I'll do kind of after the new year, um, heading into, you know, NLL stuff. And we'll see how that plays out. But, yeah. you know, before I, I kind of suit back up again, I have to get a, you know, full clearance yeah. um, to just to make sure everything is really functioning at the highest level possible. Sounds positive, though. Yeah, I was going to say. Sounds super positive from yeah. before and, like, your – journey to here yeah That's and a ton of time too to get healthy 100 percent. yeah if we have a season starting in june so watch out for jules in 2021 <laughs> let's talk about podcasting yes let's switch gears i remember the call when you called me and you were like so i could be doing something and i was like okay and you were like i think i'm gonna be i just got asked to be the new host of unbuckled what do you think and I was like, Jules, this is great. <laughs> do you remember that phone call? Of course I do. I remember every phone call we have. <laughs> well, take us through the process of, of how you got to become the new host of Unbuckled Chinstrap. I think at the championship series, Paul mentioned it to me a bit um, as I was kind of leaving. And it was just something I, like we couldn't really get in order. Um, when everything was going on, there's just so much to kind of pull the championship series off that, you know, it's, it's not, it wasn't a priority. And then kind of after that, um, we, we reconnected on it and, and spoke a little bit about what he thought the opportunity could mean for me. And, you know, what he was excited to, you know, have, have me potentially take that role over and, and what, 
you know, what he thought I could, you know, how he thought I could grow in it and, you know, what it, what it could do, you know, overall for my voice and just growing my voice. And so I was like, all right, like, that sounds really cool. But then I had to think about the, the logistics of it, you know, what it takes during the week to, to do a podcast. Would I, the type of support that I would have, you know, wh- you know, what would the guests be like? How do I, how do I get to choose them? All the, I guess, lo- uh, the logistics of it. And, and once I kind of jumped through those hoops and figure out the logistics, in my head, I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to, uh, one, you know, get to build, you know, some relationships with more players in the league, which I think is always a good thing. Um, just, I, I'm a big advocate of building relationships. Um, and I thought that, you know, that was a good opportunity for that. And then I, I think another opportunity was to just get better at something that I've never really done before. So just a challenge, which it has been. I've gotten better in a lot of ways. I think every episode in learning more about myself and how I communicate with people and, you know, reading other people. And then I think the last part about it was, you know, what it could do for me personally in terms of having my voice out there and, and things that I'm, that I believe in, and I think are important um, and kind of how I can communicate that to other players and, you know, getting their thoughts. So I think all those three things together were, were definitely the driving force behind, you know, why I decided to do it. And so far it's been a great opportunity for me to just uh, one, like I said, build relationships. I've been learning a lot about myself um, and how I communicate, what's important, how to get things from other people, how to carry a conversation, just so much stuff that you don't think about when you're before you start podcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to, to kind of keep growing with it and, and jump in with my, my next guest next week. Well, I think what's great you hosting it as well is you're not afraid to have the hard conversations that mm-hmm. lacrosse needs to have. Yeah. And I think that is something that brings like such a good and fresh like face to this Mm -hmm. especially it being you who like before you had the podcast you were already doing that right and now giving a platform to that is great like i've loved them so far definitely i uh i think sometimes well with paul right like it's just a different dynamic Mm -hmm. um because like for me at least you know i'm growing up like watching him play and kind of and idolizing him in so many different ways. And then he's your, your boss in, a, in some form or manner, like the leader of the league. And then for him to sit down with you, like it's a different dynamic because you're like looking up to him and like, wow, like, this is, it can be intimidating. Right. Like, and I even have a relationship with Paul, but you're like, okay, I want to be really on the ball here. Mm-hmm. I want to be succinct. I want to answer these questions so well. And then I think with me, I, like, oh, it's, it's a little bit jewels. of a different dynamic. <laughs> it's just jewels, exactly. So, may, so then I can it's a, maybe get a little bit different answers out of the guys that maybe with Paul or, you know, I know myself personally. Like when he asked me a question, I'm like, all right, I really want to like hammer this home and make it count um, and in the times that I am communicating with him. So it's just less laid back. You've had Paul, Christian Mazzone, and Josh Byrne so far. When I listened when I listened to Christian Mazzone, y'all are the exact same. <laughs> like you can just tell like y'all both are like, I have a chip on my shoulder yeah. and like I have something to prove. Like I don't know if it's a Rutgers thing or y'all are definitely the a exact Rutgers same. thing. <laughs> I was listening definitely to it. Definitely a Rutgers thing. I was listening to it and I was like, they're just he would say things about his style and like his like mentality and I was like this is sounds like Jules. It sounds like Jules. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what has been the most surprising thing that you've learned about like hosting a podcast? Like the surprising, difficult, something you weren't expecting. I think 
honestly, the intro is really hard. And I not, I didn't think too much about that before. And then I started to do them. And you almost, one, I sound flat sometimes, which I want to get better at. Because I'm not, like when I communicate, I'm not the type that, you know, overzealous. Like I'm not trying to like be like loud and be like, oh yeah, what's up? I'm here. Yeah. I'm just like doing my thing. And some people who they podcast or when they podcast and do their intro, it's really aggressive and really out there. Mm-hmm. Other people like Paul's is very succinct um, and dialed in and buttoned up. And then I'm like, okay, I'm not that crazy as someone who's yelling and I'm not as dialed in as succinct as Paul. So I'm trying to find, excuse me, where I kind of fit with that mm-hmm. for the intro and make it, you know, you want to get deliver what it's, what's going to happen in the podcast and set that person up that you're going to, you know, communicate about to the audience um, to the point where that, you know, they're getting drawn into it a little bit and they're getting excited. And to do that without it being scripted and, or if you have a script and having it not sound scripted, it's, it's hard overall. So that's something I'm working on. And then reading people and the conversation and getting the guests to become comfortable while you're speaking to them, because yeah. they're not, you know, everyone's different. Most people aren't consistently podcasting or having conversations in an interview format. So you have to get them to feel comfortable with you and, give them questions and, and freeze the questions in ways that they're feeling confident um, to answer them and aren't feeling, you know, nervous or don't want to, you know, don't really know how to draw out a little bit from, from themselves yeah. because you don't want to have a guest who just says something and then they give you like a two sentence answer. Like you want them to give, you know, quality in depth uh, answer to, to what you're asking. So then you can feed off of them and give, give back and then pull from that more questions and continue the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is hard to from podcasting versus like being on camera is when you are speaking, when you're podcasting, people can't see your face. So they don't understand like the reaction you're having. And so you almost have to like sort of overcompensate with that when you podcast where when you do on camera stuff, it's like they can see your face so they know how you're reacting. Totally. So I totally get your part of like when you do intros and even when we were practicing before our pod launch, um, they would always hammer to us that we needed to practice transitions because (laughs) it is so awkward to be like, okay, how do I go from point A to point B and not make it so uncomfortable? It's especially hard for Jules, you like, and especially when we're not together and we're doing it over a laptop, you Mm -hmm. can't pick up on cues, Yeah, but it's so much easier in person. Like looking at Lisa and like, we have cues with each other where we know when to like kind of go on or Mm -hmm. something is going to pop up or whatever, but it's so difficult over laptop it is yeah what does kind of the future of unbuckled look like what are some conversations you're wanting to have Mm -hmm. some people you want to talk to what does that look like in um your mind i've just i've been trying to think about it in a way that's you know communicating to you know getting guests on that i feel like are a little bit more under under overshadowed i guess in the week um and trying to balance that with guests that people do know um because i feel like that's important for me and look like in lacrosse in general is to you know highlight the things that you know people don't realize are really important to the highest level of the game and getting to the highest level of the game because i think sometimes in lacrosse more so than other sports the wrong things are you know become part of the culture in a young age and kids it, you know creates insecurities in some kids who you know are thinking that 
it, all it takes is for me to, you know, work really hard and, and be determined and put my head down and, you know, be responsible and, and take care of what ha- needs to happen. And I can get to the highest level. Like there's some, you know, underbelly of, you know, the, the too cool for school with working out or like the, the bro culture, like whatever it is that I think gets in the way. And, and I want to bring to light some of those stories of players that, you know, are doing, you know, right, the right things and have been doing the right things their whole career. And now look at them um, and how much success they're having at the highest level. And sometimes that success isn't even understood by the general public because they're too concerned about, um, and not, not to, it's not uh, anything against the general public, but sometimes you're around the back shot or like, you know, the way that someone shoots the ball or whatever, that's what like draws the attention of people um, where, you know, someone like, uh, Glazner, who I just, you know, who just had on, he'll be my host next, um, on the podcast next week. Excuse me. Ooh, you know, we were just he, talking about him before this. He does things. <laughs> yeah, he does things and has a, a mindset, you know, unlike any other player, I feel like in the league on the defensive side, um, there's, you know, few people that I feel like think about the game on his level, but maybe he's never really gotten the credit, um, to that degree in, in his career that he deserves. So I want to shine light on his story and, and the person he is and why he is the player he is and why he brings so much value. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I want to get, I guess, behind the scenes a little bit um, with some of the players that people do know and, you know, learn about what makes them tick and learn about, you know, learn about their story more and, and learn about the things that people you know, might otherwise never hear um, if they're, you know, they're just getting to watch them play on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Before this, I was actually saying, cause I interviewed Glaze last week for another project we're doing and I was saying how good of an interview he is. Well, and yeah. he speaks so, like, slowly, but it's because he's, like, trying thinking about what he's saying. Yeah. And to your point, too, he's so intelligent, especially from, like, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I was telling Emma before we started recording how good of an interview he yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, during Champ Series, there were points where they were like, okay, who should we get to interview? Like, let's get someone new. And every time I was like, get Glazner. Like, yeah. let's do Glaze for this you know sponsored let's do glaze for this like piece like get glazner like he speaks so well and he's so freaking smart mm-hmm. like he i i can't wait to hear that episode be good. oh my god That's- yeah, I, I think it's uh also i think about like the way that we see or when i say we like the players see each other mm-hmm. and see certain players in the league is so different than the general public yeah that i want to like create i want to like create that um that energy right that that kind of um like get them on the inside of it to see like oh this is why you know we have so much respect for someone like Glazner, or this is why yeah. you know i think christian mazone is one of the best two-way guys in the game mm-hmm. and and get them on the inside of they're like in the locker rooms and, and playing with us on game day and you know get them to kind of see that because i think that's something again in lacrosse that and more you know it's cool i don't think any other sport has that um that we can kind of create that inside scoop for the for the fans totally yeah who would be your dream guest athlete to interview? Dream guest athlete? Can be outside of lacrosse. Like, who would be your number one? Tom Brady, no doubt. Really? Ooh. Why Tom? He, I think he is just the quintessential athlete for a lot of reasons. Um, not in terms of athleticism, but in terms of, one, what he's been able to accomplish in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, his, his leadership, um, three, his longevity, right. The ability yeah. to kind of, you know, to, um, to grow over the years and, you know, re redefine himself a bit over and over again, but it's still creating or still allowing him to play at the highest level 
And that's something I feel like every athlete in the world um, can learn from those three things and become a better, a better version of themselves where, you know, some, some athletes are so gifted and they just ride that gift. Not that they don't work hard, but they just ride that um, and have an illustrious career. But he's been someone that been able to do it over and over again with not some of those, maybe not the same God given gifts Mm -hmm. as some of those other athletes. And you see that, you know, it, that fire in him is still there um, in, what, a year? He's at 43, and he's taken a, you know, a team that perhaps we weren't thinking of too highly before, and now, you know, leading them, I think they're 6-2. and two. So yeah. it's just really impressive, and I think there are so many things that and little tidbits that I could learn from and that people could learn from um, from Tom. Yeah. yeah, that's a good answer. What's yours? Um Mine's, I know, I would have to think about it. Mine's Serena. Yeah. I always say, I think Serena is so badass. Oh, that's great. Like, I Love think that. Serena is so amazing, but it's also, like, she's so, such a strong athlete, but she's just such a strong woman, like, and a mom, and mm-hmm. it's just, like, this figure of, like, she's just strong, and yeah. it's just, like, oh, God, I'd love to talk to her. <laughs> I saw her once um, at the U.S. Open, and I was, it was, like, me, there was, like, a, a massive gate in between us, but mm-hmm. I saw her, and I was, like, yeah i don't know who mine would be i think the last time we asked this question i said kobe yeah just given like unfortunately what has happened in the last year and just like knowing what he would think of his legacy and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that's a good answer all right let's go into we have a new segment that we're gonna be trying with you a lot of first with jules henningberg this segment is called Spill the Tea. Spill the Tea. During this segment, we are going to get our guests to do exactly what the name of the segment says, and that's to spill the tea. But first, this segment is brought to you by Sun Chlorella. Sun Chlorella's new Infuse Your Mood Tea is just what you'll need to get ready for the crazy holiday season. Made with 100% Elothero leaves, Infuse Your Mood will leave you feeling renewed and calm. It's also non-GMO project verified and has no caffeine, making it perfect to drink before bed or any time you just need to relax, which is a lot. You can purchase a box of 20 tea bags or a two ounce loose leaf bag for yourself using the code spill the tea to receive 20% off at checkout at sunclorellausa.com. Again, use the code spill the tea at checkout to receive 20% off at sunclorellausa.com. First code. We made it. We made it. Jules, maybe one day you'll have your own code. (laughs) I'll keep my comments to myself. It's really smart. Okay, Jules, for this week's Spill the Tea, we know the Redwood squad is very close. It's no secret. The the chemistry within the team is very dynamic. Mm -hmm. With that being said, we know the group text is popping. We know there's tea in there. <laughs> so we need you to answer a few questions about the group text. Can you do it? Potentially. But <laughs> I, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta be careful. So yeah. what do we got? Okay. Who was the last person that texted in the group text? Now, when you say group text, are you talking about group me? Or are you talking about individual text message chains? Um, the, gr- the group the, me. Yeah. Is, which one's more active? This is this is the thing. There's indi- there's individual group chats across the team because there's there's Notre Dame guys and there's like the little Notre Dame defensive clique. <laughs> there are you know there's like a I don't know a group of guys that play um, 
you know, Catan together. <laughs> there are, you know, there's, there's a bit, like Ocello and Glaze, we talk about it, have their own group chat with a couple other guys that aren't even um, Redwood guys. But there's group chats like all across the team. I think that's on every team too. So I'll go, Let's I'll see. just use group me because that's easy. That's okay. easiest. Um, yeah. I think the last person to type into the group me was Glaze. Okay. Um, chirping Garnsey for what he was trying to get at the PLL shop. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the funniest in the group text? In the group me? Glaze, for sure. Who's the biggest roaster? Like, who's the most likely to make fun of someone for doing something or tweeting something? I have to take this back. Osella is the funniest. <laughs> but, the, like, Glaze will ro- will roast, but it'll be, like, clever. Osella would just, like, on you, but everyone still laughs because it's Osella. Is the group text active? Like, do y'all text regularly? It goes through phases, so it'll be, like, a week or two with nothing, like, here or there, and then all of a sudden something will happen and, and it'll pop off and you'll see that like every three weeks maybe once a month it'll it'll just be jumping and you, everyone's just in there just cracking jokes and, and saying funny stuff who's the sleeper that doesn't really text a lot but when he does it's just hysterical like a one-liner uh clark peterson oh <laughs> are the coaches in the grooming yeah probably not they're usually Absolutely not. Not. Absolutely <laughs> not not smart <laughs> What's your role in the group me? God, I'm, I sometimes I'll say funny stuff and I'll get a lot of likes. That's what you got to you, you The likes you get in the group me, that's where you know it's funny. Sometimes I'll say stuff. This has been like in every group chat and I'll say something and I'll be cracking up and sometimes people just don't get it. And then like I have to I have to like say it. I'll say to someone else and I'll be like, dude, how do you like I'm dying right now laughing. But I think that's just because like like even my Rutgers teammates um, I was talking to them yesterday and they'll just be like, like, oh, dude, you haven't changed a bit with like what you're saying. Like you're like, no, like what you're talking about. And I'm just like, yeah, I do that now. It's like from people from my home, oh, my hometown, like we get it. Um, but that's just, just how it goes sometimes. Can me and Lisa get added to the group me? Oh God. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I'm going to no, answer that for him. That's a violation <laughs> of, uh, of the ethics right there and the codes. Yeah. There's a, there's a group me code. Redwoods code? I mean, yeah, you got to, yeah, definitely. There's, there's, there's hidden codes on the team. Is Positive Friday active in the group me? Or is uh, that just Twitter? Yeah, some, sometimes, sometimes. No, it uh, it depends. Like Nick snapped last week on his Positive Friday video. That was, <laughs> that was uh, I mean, I don't know who produced that for him, but well done. Probably Nick. Published author Nick Ocello. Don't forget. Published author. <laughs> okay, final question, Jules. Thanksgiving is this week. What's your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? Cranberry sauce. In a can or like the other kind of stuff? Uh, no, in a freshly made on the stove. Oh, oh. see, I like the can stuff. <laughs> you like the can? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Jesus. It's gelatin stuff. Texting in the group me right now to judge Lisa. But we, yeah, that's that like middle of nowhere Baltimore right there Thanksgiving canned <laughs> cranberry sauce Carroll County that's right Carroll County Carroll County yeah <laughs> alright Jules well thank you I need to go listen to the latest episode of Unbuckle Chinstrap it's good Josh gets it's like 
um i was talking with nick bailey who's the producer of the show mm-hmm. about it and he said it's just like fast break so if you enjoyed the fast break episode Ooh. with josh it's much more extensive though like it's yeah. like but josh doesn't hold back i like it was good gotta go listen yeah <laughs> all right jules we'll send you on your way now do thanks you, for putting really up with us would you, would you like to thank us because yeah. we kind of are the reason that you are would you be here without us yeah it's a good question yeah i'm loyal to my og hitters so of course <laughs> you know you got my podcast career started i wouldn't be here without you thanks jules we'll talk to you later jules all right ladies i'll talk to you this podcast is also brought to you by our incredible friends at Ticketmaster, the official presenting sponsor of the PLL. Ticketmaster has all of your needs when it comes to concerts, sporting events, arts and theater, and more. To check out everything they have to offer, head to Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. Again, Ticketmaster.com or open up the Ticketmaster app. I saw recently a photo the other day of, I think it was in New Zealand, it was a sporting event and it was like back to capacity and I was like, oh my god. I saw a video of a concert. Yes, and I, I think I saw one on TikTok. Yeah, I, I don't remember where it was. Somewhere overseas. The thing too. is, like, I mean, on TikTok, it easily could be old. So I don't really like I the one know. I saw. I think it. I forget. It's like Taiwan it, or something. Yes, that I saw. Yes, and, you saw the same yes. one. Yeah, and it, I think in the it caption like, it said like, uh, was like, it Alessio or something? It was. Yeah, it was some like DJ. Yeah, and he his he had like a message about like being back together. Like, back or together. Something. Yes, yeah. I saw that and I was like, Christ. Yeah, man, hopefully soon. (laughs) Yes. Okay, let's get into hypothetically speaking. Mm -hmm. Sort of same question I asked Jules at the end of our interview, but Turkey Day is Thursday. Hallelujah. My favorite holiday because all you have to do is eat Eat. (laughs) and you don't have to spend money on people and you need to watch football. (laughs) My favorite holiday. (laughs) If you could only eat one side with your Thanksgiving Day dinner, what would it be and why? I don't know. I think I know mine. I think I would go with mac and cheese. Oh, see, that's a good one, too. <laughs> like, can I, never go wrong with mac and cheese. Like, I love, like, like the potato, like, roasted potatoes. Like, oh, my God. Oh, but mac and cheese is really good, too. But then, like, <laughs> with the turkey, you want some veggies, too. So yeah. it's like, oh, uh, there's so many things. Like, there's so many things. The thing is, though um i don't know if this is like a hot take i love like the christmas dinner much more than thanksgiving so really oh yeah like the christmas ham oh see my family we get ham sometimes at thanksgiving oh because i love ham i love so i always make them get ham at thanksgiving (laughs) you don't eat turkey on turkey day i eat a little bit just to like check the box of eating turkey but i always go for the ham Mm. see yeah i like i like the ham what's your favorite dessert on turkey day this is another thing (laughs) i'm not a huge pie eater so like ice cream like the ice cream and cookie like combo is always like i only eat pumpkin pie like on thanksgiving yeah because i feel like it's a necessity or like apple pie my my grandma always makes this like oreo dessert that's what she calls it and it's like this oreo like like frozen it's kind of like an ice cream cake but it's not yeah my my aunt makes that yes it's so good so we always have it for thanksgiving and christmas so it'd probably be the oreo dessert Mm. i can't wait to eat remember calories don't count on thanksgiving we're not judging or the day after no or the day before (laughs) 
<laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Oh my All right, that is our episode. Before we go, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tell us how great we are. <laughs> make sure you also follow us at the Inside Feed on Twitter and Instagram, and at Lisa Redmond twenty nine and at Emma Dams on IG. You can also follow at Jules Henningberg on IG, and be sure to subscribe and follow at Unbuckled Pod. It's also available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you're listening to this episode, then you know before everyone else that tomorrow's guest for Unbuckled is Eddie Glazner. Glaze. So that has not been released. So take that information as you will. Yeah. <laughs> Do with it what you want. <laughs> you always get. Oh, and also, another thing we need to say is here at Inside Bead, we are still hashtag Team Spencer. Oh, yeah. Hashtag and Team Spencer. Spencer for, didn't for really the get a lot of love in the last episode. We no, watched. he did not. We're recording this early, so we haven't watched the yes next week so um spencer on the bachelorette big lacrosse guy we're trying to get him on the inside feed so we're hashtag team spencer Spencer. and the um hashtag we're running with is hashtag will you accept this inside feed (laughs) it's so good because it makes sense it's so good (laughs) like like, it's so good so good so let's hope that spencer makes it far yes or wins the whole thing correct um all right We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable.